0: Chapter Twenty Four of the Women Who Make Our Novels. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Women Who Make Our Novels by Grant Overton. Chapter Twenty Four Edna Ferber. The most interesting thing about Edna Ferber is that she was born in Kalamazoo no the most interesting thing is that she threw her first novel in the wastebasket, whence like kipling's receptional it was retrieved by another no no the most interesting thing about edna ferber is that she's a superb short story writer one of the best in america one of the dozen best you are all wrong the supremely interesting fact about edna ferber is this she invented the tired businesswoman When writing about Miss Ferber, why be dull? Why go in for the higher criticism? As for the lower criticism, we hope we are above it. Certainly she is. To get back to name, dates, etc., Chicago, Des Moines, and Appleton, Wisconsin, all have a stake in Miss Ferber's success. Kalamazoo doesn't vociferate. It doesn't have to, for she was born there, and those seven cities claimed Homer dead, it will be no use for seven or eight or six places to claim edna ferber living kalamazoo will see to that kalamazoo michigan where she made her debut the only debut that's really worth making on august eighteen eighty-seven. seven that is why we shall speak of her very respectfully she is a month older than we are and a month is everything the daughter of jacob charles ferber and julia newman ferber educated in the public and high schools of, alas for Kalamazoo, Appleton, Wisconsin. At seventeen she became a reporter on the Appleton Daily Crescent, quote, the youngest real reporter in the world, End quote. She has it on us. We were almost nineteen when, but never mind. Appleton, we hear, soon became too small for Miss Ferber. Appletons have a way of doing that, Or isn't it rather that the Edna Ferbers have a way of growing too big for the Appletons? Anyway, Miss Ferber went to Milwaukee, and then to a big Chicago Daily, the Tribune to be exact. In Milwaukee she worked on the journal. Don O'Hara, her first book, was written in the time she could spare from newspaper work. After it was completed, she did not like it. It was her mother who rescued the manuscript from the wastebasket and sent it to a publisher, the same person mentioned in the dedication of the novel to my dear mother who frequently interrupts and to my sister fanny who says SH-SH-SH-SH, outside my door the best piece of work miss ferber ever did the book took publisher and public by storm it came out in 1911 and in the same year the new american author attained the dignity of 24 years our copy of don o'hara is marked eighth edition but as it is a reprinted copy it may understate, or rather unindicate, the book's success. A few thousands one way or another hardly matters among so many thousands of copies sold. Without pressing the autobiographical idea too hard, it is perfectly evident that much of the background of Don O'Hara is from Miss Ferber's own experience, notably the settings in Milwaukee, how she could ever have been so dissatisfied with her story as to discard it utterly, any present-day reader will be puzzled to imagine. It is extremely well told. It is full of the perfect human, humorously human, quality, which lifts so many of Miss Ferber's short stories into high place. Take this passage. Quote, the Whalen's live just around the corner. The Whalen's are omniscient they have a system of news gathering which would make the efforts of a new york daily appear antiquated they know that Jenny laffin feeds the family on soup meat and oatmeal when mr laffin is on the road they know that mrs pearson only shakes out her rugs once in four weeks they can tell you the number of times a week that sam dempster comes home drunk they know that the merkels never have cream with their coffee because little Lizzie Merkle goes to the creamery every day with just one pail and three cents. They gloat over the knowledge that Professor Grimes, who is a married man, is sweet on Gertie Ash, who teaches second reader in his school. They can tell you where Mrs. Black got her seal coat, and her husband only earning two thousand a year. They know who is going to run for mayor, and how long poor Angela Sims has to live and what Guy Donnelly said to Min when he asked her to marry him. The three Whalens, mother and daughters, hunt in a group. They send meaning glances to one another across the room, and at parties they get together and exchange bulletins in a corner. On passing the Whalen house one is uncomfortably aware of shadowy forms lurking in the windows, and of parlour curtains that are agitated for no apparent cause. Quote. Beautiful! gardener of harvard could have turned it inside out for you and have shown you just where miss ferber impinged on your sensations and how and to what end but the thing shows the facility of her best work are the Whalens important to the story of don o'hara they are not they are merely figures on the canvas amusing but unimportant people no more than brushed in but brushed in with a firmness of touch a fidelity of detail a humorous artist eye that is as we say taking or fetching and wholly delightful since nineteen eleven with short stories and a book a year there is nothing to chronicle but a progressive and uninterrupted success nothing except the tired business woman make no mistake this creation of miss ferber's is not a feminine counterpart of the tired business man The TBW does not go to musical shows and sit in the front rows. She does not telephone home to the husband that she is sorry, but important business will detain her downstairs this evening. She does not bring home old friends unexpectedly to dinner, or worse, not bring them home to dinner. She is manless, but not because she need be. She is unmarried or a widow. She has a boy, like Jock McChesney, and finds the task of making a man of him, in outside hours not devoted to earning their living, a woman-sized job. Give Edna Ferber credit for this, that she has done as much as the cleverest feminist to make the world see the self-reliant woman as she is, and not as the world deduces she may be. A woman, yes, and a mother, yes, but a regular person above everything else, read or re-read emma mcchesney and company with this in a corner of your mind and you will be thankful to miss ferber when you have finished some thanks too may go to ethel barrymore whose impersonation of the tired but admired and admirable businesswoman of miss ferber's fiction reinforced the lesson of the book with the ocular demonstration of the play miss ferber is going forward The evidence of it will be found in the stories contained in her latest book cheerful by request 1918 and perhaps particularly in the story in that volume called the gay old dog at thirty-one she has her best years as literary records go before her no pains taking appraisal of her work would be wise at this time in the next two or three years she may overshadow everything she has done so far we hope so BECAUSE THEN, BEARING IN MIND THAT MONTH'S INITIAL DIFFERENCE, WE SHALL HAVE HIGH HOPES OURSELVES. BOOKS BY EDNA FERBER DON O'HARA, 1911 BUTTERED SIDE DOWN, 1912 ROAST BEEF MEDIUM, 1913 PERSONALITY PLUS, 1914 EMMA MCCHESNEY AND COMPANY, 1915 FANNY HERSELF, 1917 Cheerful by request, nineteen eighteen, published by Frederick A. Stokes Company, New York, except Cheerful by request, which is published by Doubleday Page and Company, New York. End of chapter twenty-four.